Welcome back to another bonus episode of Full Metal RPG. I am your host, Ashley, and with me I have our very special guest, Andrew Long. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, better now. I had uh, I was down and out for a couple of weeks with the flu, so yeah. that's, that was crazy. So yeah. Seems nice like there's to, a lot of people who are going through that. Yeah. So. It's nice to have my thoughts. It was like my head was in molasses. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to be able to have like, clear thoughts. Yeah. Be able to do stuff. Definitely. Um, so, Andrew is a, a pretty prominent member in the gaming community, I would say. So, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. What is it that you do? What are all the different things that you have your hands on? <laughs> all the different things. Yeah. Uh, I am the founder of the Arizona Game Fair. Um, we're going into our fourth year. Uh, I started that as a way to bring a larger style convention to Arizona and hopefully bring the industry. The idea was to bring the industry to Arizona because I think they missed us a lot because, you know, a lot of them go to the East Coast and there's not. Anyways, uh, I'm the founder of that. Um, I run a company called Spiel Pro, which does game parts, which is uh, an e-commerce business. Which allows me to have this warehouse, which is where we're at tonight. Yes, yeah, tonight we are we are uh, recording during a game night, so you get to hear all of the chatter from the gamers. So the my e-commerce business needed a warehouse to store the parts, and we needed a place to store the, the library. Mm-hmm. And in the process, we got a space that allowed us to hold some game nights um, and some events. And so we've been doing that for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Tuesdays, it's free. Uh, from 6 to 10, people come down and play games. We, we used to have a bigger group of Dungeons & Dragons, but yeah. we had to scale back because the building wouldn't allow us to be in the... They have walkways, and we were playing games <laughs> in the walkways, and they, yeah. they the fire marshal right. decided... That fire hazard. Yeah, I heard someone yeah. when they came up said that you have a beginner's D&D that you do here. Yes, okay. so that was started by a friend of mine, and uh, the idea was to just have uh, beginner-friendly games so that you could just show up and somebody would help you uh, teach you how to make a character. Uh, all of our games are, at the time when it was much bigger, were all beginner-friendly, where somebody could jump into a game. But we have specific teachers who come and just teach D&D to people. Um, so that's a thing that I do. Um, I started uh, a new convention called Proto-AZ, which is going to be a uh, game designers event. Uh, that's going to be in January uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th. And the idea behind that is the game designers buy a table uh, for $40. They share a table with somebody else. Uh, players get in for free. Uh, so they can just come and play games and what they're doing is they're helping the game designers uh, make their games better um, this is uh, these have been these happen they're called photo spiels there's some there's one that happens in San Jose um, Wisconsin Metatopia is another bigger one that happens in the east coast um, but it's basically just a way to bring in players to help because we have a, a pretty decent uh, game design community uh, to help them uh, you know, make their, their games better. And so we're going to do that here. Yeah. We also do a buy, sell, trade 
event at the warehouse, which is like a board game swap mart, uh, flea market type of thing. Um, we do that. We were doing that once a month, but now we kind of switched to every other month. Yeah. Um, and we'll have one in January. I'm trying to think of what else. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean. Um, trying to think of. Uh, I mean, I think we've tried to be supportive of the community. And, yes. Uh, and we like to try different things. Yeah. I know you're friends with Richard, and Richard's been helping us for quite a while now. And so we, we try to do different stuff. And, yeah. And uh, he and I actually met because we I started a thing called the Dungeon Masters Happy Hour. Yep. And that's where I met Richard, was uh, at one of those. And so he and I became really good friends many years ago. Um, and that has kind of gone through different iterations of stuff. The idea behind that is you get together. When you're gaming, you don't necessarily get a chance to like actually meet and talk to the people. And so the International Happy Hour, well, a... The real reason I started is because I was a DM and I was trying to understand players and the psychology of players. And so I needed people to talk to. But ultimately, it got to that point where it was just a nice way to like meet other people um, in a you know a non you know, gaming situation where you could just actually talk to them and see what are they into, what do they like. Because um, I think good role playing is really about finding a good a good mix of players who have somewhat the same. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So that was. It's hard when you have like yeah, part of a table that's very much like I want to do this thing, and then the other part of the table is like, but I want to role play. And, yeah, and know. oftentimes the the whole discussion is like I'm running a game, and, never, right. and people are like, oh, I'm going to be in that. Whereas what you really want to do is like, well, what kind of player are you? Right. Yeah. And are you going to fit into what kind of game I'm going to run? Right. Um, and so I think a lot of the frustration of games and why they break up is, or I've heard, is that like, you know, they didn't realize that player was going to go, you know, that way. Or the DM's more of a story, you know, more story's more important. And they've got a couple of players who are like, I'm, I'm here to hack and slash, and uh, so that. Or like the rules lawyers. That's my thing. It's like if you're at my table, rules lawyers don't do well. Because, like, narr- I'm a very narrative player. Sure. Go with the flow. Yeah. yeah. So if you are all about the rules, then, you know, you might not have as much fun at first. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, like I said, it's been a kind of a bit of this and that that we've done. Arizona Game Fair is the main thing. It's going to be in March. March, okay. 20th through the 22nd. This is our fourth year. Last year we had 1,150. I rounded up to 1,200. Um, so uh, we've added more space for next year, um, and we anticipate that it'll grow. We've, uh, we're bringing in two. Uh, so far, the confirmed guests are Stephen Bonacore from Stronghold Games and Ignacy Chevichek. Awesome. from Portal Games. Uh, those are the board game uh, people that we're bringing in and we're still working on some of the other yeah. uh, We've had some fall through, which is the way with guests goes. Yeah, that's how it is. With uh, you go through a list and you're trying to get people and yeah. some people can come and some people can't. Right. Um, we, had, we will still have uh, about 30 tables of role-playing games. Oh, cool. yeah. um, we have a whole RPG area. Um, Les Tanner from Gateway Games, which recently closed down, he's uh-huh. still going to run our Adventure League. He's nice. going to run, I don't think it's confirmed yet, but he's working on getting an, an epic. Uh-huh. Uh, we ran a charity epic last year, so we'll have uh-huh. a big uh, um, kind of an Adventures League 
thing going on. Um, so lots of role-playing games. Our big thing is we have a big hall of open gaming mm-hmm. and yeah. a big library. We bring a thousand board games. Oh, yeah. And you can use your badge to check, check those out. I remember uh, last year, actually, I was there um, as a guest for Family Alpha, and we did Happy Time Dungeon Hour. So I'm sure we'll be doing that again, yeah. another Happy Time Dungeon Hour. That's another thing we helped. Uh, that was a thing that uh, Richard and I yeah. started. It yeah. has since uh, morphed into Yeah, uh, what it is now. <laughs> a thing. A thing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, let's see the game fair uh, badges are on sale now. Okay. Um, you can go online to the website ArizonaGameFair.com to buy badges. Prices go up in January. Okay. Um, kids are free this year. It's a thing that oh, we're nice. doing. Yeah. So uh, in the past we've done like five dollars for mm-hmm. certain age, mm-hmm. uh, but we're just going to do. Uh, I don't know the cutoff, but kids up to a certain age yeah. are, are free, um, and then you have to have a uh, a badge. Uh-huh. We added a weekend badge this year, so for the, we found a lot of people just wanted to. They were buying day badges for Saturday and Sunday. Oh yeah. And so when we looked at the data, we were like, well, we should just probably That's put a together good idea. a weekend badge because yeah. um, while a lot of people buy the three day badge, mm-hmm. um, some people were just coming on the weekend because right. they couldn't get Friday off. Yeah, like I work Friday, so. It's- if there were more conventions that just offered like a Saturday and a Sunday, that's really, that would be really uh, convenient. So yeah. yeah. And we've always done day badges, so you can always buy, you know, if you just want to come on Saturday, there's a day badge. Yeah. Um, so that's always been kind of a thing that we've done. Uh-huh. The painting station will be back. That was really cool. I did that last year. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Um, uh, Alan, who helped us with that, is going to help uh, make it better this year. He's okay. got a bunch of ideas, and we're working uh-huh. on that. Um, we've added a big 40k tournament. Um, it's, it's called Scorched Earth, and it's it's a, a been going on for quite a while now. But we worked uh-huh. with the um, tournament runner of that, and we're gonna host it, and he's gonna run it just like he does. Yeah. Or it's gonna be at the game fair, um, so that's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, we are uh, adding an Age of Sigmar um, tournament. Cool, awesome. So, yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of really good things coming for uh, the Arizona Game Fair, which is awesome. I really enjoyed it last year. Um, so the Proto-AZ is the other one that you were talking about that's kind of like the help make the games better convention. Mm-hmm. Cool, and that's in January, right? January 10th, 11th, and 12th. So awesome. it'll be Friday evening, and then all day Saturday, and then most of the day Sunday. Uh-huh. And players are free. Anybody, can, uh, anybody who wants to come play uh-huh. is no cost to them. Basically, the format of these type of proto-spiels or um, kind of these game design things is that the designers pay uh-huh, for the yeah. tables, and then that helps support uh, the event, and then you invite the public to come, come play. And help. But, you know, it's, it's with the understanding that you're prob- you, might play, you might play some really awesome games, but you might play some games that need help or right. that are broken. I mean, yep. that's some of part of playtesting is figuring out what's wrong with the game yeah, yeah. Uh, and what needs to be fixed. Um, and so that's kind of the, uh, the, it's been on our, we've been wanting to do it for a while now, but uh-huh. it was just finding the right time and, and uh, yeah. uh, space to do it. There's a big one in California, uh, in San Jose. And like I said, there's a couple yeah. elsewhere, mm-hmm. just not really a big one in the, Southwest. Yeah, Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know that we have a lot of uh, game designers here. Like you kind of touched on that. We have uh, 
Arizona is home to some amazing designers who've created world-famous games. So um, what's, what are you kind of expecting out of this? What's the new hotness that you're seeing in this next generation of game designers that are coming out of Arizona? Oh, that's an interesting question because uh, unfortunately I don't get to play a lot of their games because like they'll bring, like we have David Short and um, you know other designers will bring their games, uh, Seth Jaffe from uh, Tasty Mitchell, they'll bring their games to Game Fair, but I'm always so busy that I never... Yeah. I never get to play them, so uh, it's not like I have intimate knowledge of what they're designing. Um, but I think that it, it really, uh, we used to run like a game design meetup like once a month, uh-huh. and it's really just a wide range of stuff. I mean, uh, I know Brendan's been doing from RPG stuff to um, you know party games to. Uh, there was this guy, he's he's no longer in town, he was at ASU, but he used to bring these really complex, uh, you know, almost a Euro-style games, and he would bring those uh, to people who just bring little card games. Um, there's a lot of uh, people who have come to the game fair who are like, are doing Kickstarters with their with their games. Yeah. A lot of them are like, um, like dungeon decks and where they're uh, uh, just a wide range of stuff. So it's, yeah. it's always interesting to see what and people are so amazing and creative. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you just you just sit down and you start playing. And you're like wow, what a you know what a great. And so now you know there are some that aren't. You know, it's one of those things where some of the games aren't. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is it is what it is. Um, and I think that's part of the. Some of the learning processes, you have to fail yeah. to succeed, and so some of it is learning what a good game is and mm-hmm. why people want to play it. Yeah. Um, so, it's, but yeah, for some reason, Arizona's got. We have Shane Hensley, we have, and on, on the RPG stuff, is like yeah. John Wick, James, yep. Shane Hensley, like a lot of stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. I, I was in Germany for Spiel recently, and somebody was asking me what's in the water in Arizona because we have so many of these kind of uh, designers here Uh and I don't think people realize that we do. Yeah. It just seems like uh, for some reason there's there's a a, a hotbed here. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Might might be because it's so hot in the summer. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, back east it's so... Uh, so cold in the winter that they yeah. just stay inside and make games but yeah. you know, maybe it's so hot in the summer yeah seven eight stay. months out of the year you don't yes, want to leave you don't want to leave that air conditioning <laughs> so you're just in the house making games oh yeah 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 that's very true um so you were talking about all the different types of games that are out there and that are kind of coming out um would you consider yourself a like a board gamer an rpg guy or a like miniatures war gamer like where would you say you fall like what's your your niche what's your favorite my game is running conventions <laughs> and i try to explain this to people because they're like um at game fair uh-huh. I, I schedule myself for one game uh-huh. i have to yeah just as it, it started as kind of a joke but now it's like i want to play at least one game so right. i schedule one game uh-huh. but no really i, I enjoy it, it really is like a game in itself. I was going to say, it's kind of like a strategic type game where you're like trying to figure out what fits where. Yeah, and it's area and, control, oh, yeah. it's scheduling, it's programming, it's it's uh, role playing, it's, it's got that RPG. You know, it's, some can say it's got some drama. It's got, you know, there's there's some parts of it that are, are all that. So that's, that's kind of my thing. Um, yeah. As a gamer, I tend to like um, medium 
Euro games. So okay. my favorite game is Cacao, uh-huh. which is a tiling game. Okay. Uh, but if they go too complex, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of out. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this little sweet spot for, uh, for games. I do. Uh, I started off as a role player okay. um, in high school, Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. and that was my thing. I got back into it later in life, but I was always a dungeon master. I was always creating worlds, and uh-huh. so I enjoy that part of it. Yeah. So it's mostly D and I played a few other games. I think Richard and I were did a Star Wars game oh, for a while. Yeah. I've never really done the Warhammer miniatures thing, but it looks interesting. Yeah. Same, yeah. Like, I, I see it, and it looks awesome, and I love miniatures, and the, I kind of got the fever after doing the painting station at Arizona yeah. Fair. So now, like, every campaign, I'm in a million and a half campaigns, and so, like, all the campaigns I'm in have minis, whether it's Theater of the Mind or I actually need it. I still have it, you know? But uh, I've, I've wanted to get into it because it looks really interesting, and the lore in Warhammer is just... Oh, yeah, and pe- the, the stuff people do with the oh, yeah. armies that they paint is just fascinating. Yeah. I'm interested in that, but I don't know that I have the mm-hmm. the bandwidth or the time to, yeah. to. I'd love to sit down and play. I did play. Uh, I forced myself to play Magic: The Gathering, oh, yeah. and I realized that I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. Oh. <laughs> uh, one of the things I don't like is um, how I explain it is like games give me a certain feeling. Uh huh. Um, sometimes that feeling is like really amazing, and then yeah. sometimes it's just. It's frustrating and not enjoyable. Yeah. And I think magic is one of the things I don't like is the chaining together stuff. I'm not very yeah. good at that. Yeah. So any board, even board games that have that, my friends will tell you like, mm-hmm. if it has cards, it has little small text where you have to like put this card. Like yes. Yeah. I am horrible at that. Yeah. And so what it does is it makes me feel bad uh-huh. because yeah. I'm not good at it. Right? Oh yeah. Right. So I'm like, I I get this like, so I don't want to play them. And oh, yeah, so, but I yeah. forced myself to, to try it because right. somebody was like, "Oh, you gotta try!" And yeah. so I did. We did. We a friend of ours brought all the stuff and we played. And yeah. afterwards, I was like, "Yeah, no, I." You're like I did it. Don't I, like I, it. I just don't like it. But yeah, the miniature stuff looks really cool. Yeah. Um, we did play the uh, Gaslands. Yeah, yeah. And I really enjoyed that. Uh-huh. That was fun. Where you take the Matchbox cars and you make them into like, uh, um, you know, like Mad Max. Yeah, type Mad Max. Yeah post-apocalyptic kind of thing uh-huh. um that was really fun and the gameplay was really interesting i uh-huh. think that it's uh it has templates it's a little bit uh richard and i used to play um the x-wing uh game uh-huh. you know the miniatures game and I, I enjoyed that yeah so i think i can play that type of stuff but i think 40k requires a whole level of it seems it's very intimidating yeah. looking at it. Like I don't know exactly how to get into it, and I have some people around me that are very into it. But I just think it's very intimidating to get past that. So yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm but I think like Kill Team is a new thing that's trying. I, I think they're 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 trying to offer some of that. But anyways, yeah. I like a little bit of everything, but that's mostly. Yeah. I mean, that's my. Oh yeah. I don't play. What's funny is when you get into the business, you don't play as many games as you used to. Yeah. Like I just don't have time to play. As which is fine. Yeah, uh, but it's like you kind of get into it because you have a love for gaming and all of this, and then you end up kind of getting. Yeah, into I think what makes me happy is, for example, we were doing a beginners D and D class. Uh-huh. Sabrina Weiss uh, is a local DM, and she helped put together this class. And we had uh, we pay ten dollars. Um, half of that goes to her and half of that goes to us to pay for the warehouse uh-huh. and um, at the end of it 
I, I went to go tell them, you know, hey, the time's up and you have to, yeah. have to go. But they were just laughing and having such a good time. Yeah. That that's what makes I, I realize that like that's what I enjoy. So like at game fair I may be tired yeah. and cranky and annoyed, but just to see that whole room of people having a good time yeah. and playing games, that's the part that I find most enjoyable. Yeah. Um, or the excitement of somebody finding a game in the library that they've always wanted to play yeah. and they uh-huh. can just grab it and go play. That's the type of stuff that, that's the enjoyment that I get out of it. Oh, yeah. If I were to explain it. Yeah, definitely. That makes that makes complete sense. That's awesome. Um, your latest endeavor outside of the Proto-Easy that we were talking about is um, reporting kind of on the business of gaming on the Tabletop Wire oh, yeah. Facebook feed. So talk about that a little bit. Um, I started a website called Tabletop Wire. Mm-hmm. I had bought the URL several years ago. Um, it was going to be like a press release service for the tabletop industry, but I never launched this. I'm always, uh, I always have these ideas, but it was one of those ones that I yeah. hadn't launched. And then somebody had mentioned that... Yes. The industry needed just like straight up news sites, uh-huh. um, and so that's what I decided it would be. Uh-huh. Um, so I started that in November of last year, uh-huh. um, and basically, it's a lot of it is just taking the news of the day and making it short and accessible for mm-hmm. the industry. It's yeah. written for the industry, so a lot of the media in the tabletop industry is reviews uh-huh. or it's consumer facing. So yeah. it's, it's like, um, it's very marketing geared. It's geared yeah. to letting you know about the new stuff and what you should buy and all that. Uh-huh. There was really nobody writing about what was going on in the industry, uh-huh. which are, uh, you know, mergers and buyouts and hiring and, yeah. and the stuff that I think, pulls the industry together and so that was that's been the idea it's, it's been a year we have a website tabletopwire.com uh, and then we post to Facebook uh, some of you know the stories uh, the idea originally was to do a lot more original reporting and we've gotten to do some of that uh, I did go to Spiel which is the big German gaming convention yeah. I ran a Kickstarter and uh, people funded that and so I went and interviewed for five days uh-huh. and so I have all these interviews and now I'm turning those into stories oh, cool. for, yeah. uh, and a lot of it is like um, I talked to the Korean uh, the Korean government funds a pavilion for the Korean board game wow to, yeah so um, you know it's just one of the things that some of these countries do to support these industries um, and so I got to talk to a bunch of uh, Korean uh, board game publishers and uh-huh. so it's those those type of yeah. uh, international because I, I think you know like uh, while we think about what's going on tonight this is going on all over the world oh yeah in yeah. like all different kinds of places uh-huh. and they're playing they, you know they're playing different things uh-huh. in some places but a lot of times uh, they're playing what we're playing and yeah. you know so it's kind of a a worldwide thing. Oh, yeah. I think that's the fascinating part. And I think we tend to be a little bit, you know, America-centric or oh, yeah. U.S.-centric and uh, understanding the business in these other places mm-hmm. helps the industry. Yeah. So that's oh, yeah. kind of what I've been, uh, what I've been doing. So. Yeah. Awesome. That's very cool. So we're talking about all of the different kind of cultures in different areas where we're all, people are going to be playing games everywhere, you know? So like, game night like this might be going on anywhere in the world they might be playing something different but they're going to be playing so why do you think gaming as a 
cultural institution matters? Um, I think it brings us together. I think that's one of the reasons why I got into gaming, uh-huh. was that I found that everything is digital nowadays. Yeah. My work was digital, my entertainment's digital, uh-huh. and so what I found was that I wasn't connecting and I wasn't meeting the people. Yeah. And so for me, that's for me, but I, I think other people have other reasons. I think some people are just competitive. I mean, I think yeah. they, uh, I, and I've met, I've met them. Um, they beat me at board games, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that some people just enjoy that that aspect of competition. Um, yeah. And so that's a reason. Some of it is, I think, in other countries, they, they don't game at home. They game, uh, you know, because they don't have room to game in yeah, small yeah. areas, uh-huh. and so they tend to game. You know, some of it's just, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Why, do you, why do you game? What's, what, is, what do you get out of it? I like the people aspect, but to me, it's escapism. It's complete escapism. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it, too. Yeah. Like you said, everything's so digital, and yeah. I'm a, a drama kid, you know, and so how often in your adult life do you get to play pretend? So that's what drew me to the RPGs. I like the RP part of it. That's what got me when I was younger. So yeah. I was a drama like I would, uh, I was just into creating the world. So oh yeah! Like, you know, I was a huge fan of The Hobbit. Oh yeah! Um, yeah. And it was that time of period where I was reading a lot of that stuff. And so, yes, the escapism and the uh-huh. fantasy, and, uh, and I think I, re- you know, part of that is what I return to. I don't play D and D as much as I used to, uh-huh. um, which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I could totally get that. Yeah. And just the, um, are you, are you familiar with Chuck Jingle? Uh, He's the I, author. He just revert, he just released the Tingleverse RPG. I think Richard was telling me a little bit about. It, so He's yeah, amazing, he first of all. He's just so pure. I love him so much for being an erotic author. He's just so pure. <laughs> um, but he said that a role playing game is basically like a shared story with buds around the table, which is true. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's what it is. Is you get together and uh, you get to come together and kind of tell the story, and you get to accomplish something together that you might not be able to do otherwise in your life. And so I, I love that. And I think uh, one of the things that I found at Dungeon Master's Happy Hour is that people would recount their adventures. Oh, yeah. Like the ones that they remembered the most, where they were up against something, or whether it was an interesting twist. or And they would sit there and tell these stories. And I was always just fascinated by them just telling the stories because... Yeah. It was like, like it's real to oh, yeah. you. It's it's like it's a part of you now. It's a, it's a and it is a shared story because it, like sometimes it would be somebody telling the story and their friend who was there is like, oh yeah, don't forget that part where you. And so it is this kind of uh, you know remembered thing. So yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I dig that. that That's really cool. I like that. Um, so you talked about map. Um, how did you? take the map making you said you really like the lore and everything behind uh, the hobbit and so how did you, how are you able to incorporate that now and how did that push you into the direction that you're in now um well i was into art and maps and um i went to art school and realized i hated it okay <laughs> and then so i got into media because I really loved magazines and newspapers and stuff. And so I, I got into journalism. I got a job at the East Valley Tribune. I was there for okay. a while. And then I uh, worked in, I was a graphic artist, uh, a news artist. Okay. So I'd make like um, charts and maps. I would actually make maps for uh, for the newspaper. Nice, um, okay. So it, it did 
take me into that direction. Um, and so uh, I got hired by the Arizona Republic because I was doing really good work and um, got a job there, and I worked there for many years. Um, and then I left to go freelance and do some other stuff. But I do have, I went back to school. I never finished school because I got a job and it's like, this is, this is better. I mean, I'll it do was this cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went back to school and finished because I had, um, you know, I just needed to finish a, a bit of it. Yeah. But I did it in geography. Oh, okay. So it was, it's called GIS, uh, uh, Geographic Information Systems. Okay. Uh-huh. So it's maps. It's like digital yeah. map making. So it, it has followed me uh, kind of all the way through. And then I've used a lot of those skills that I have uh-huh. to do what I'm, yeah. I'm doing. Um, I mean, I think I struggle. I think every entrepreneur struggles. Yeah. Any business person struggles. I, I explain it as like, first you're juggling, and then you're getting on a roller coaster. And so you're trying to juggle well. Yeah. You know, so there's all kinds of ups and downs and oh, yeah. things to go through. So, but yeah, so that's kind of. I mean, I think it's. It, I think it taught me how to be creative. My dad was in Europe. Okay. And uh, we came to Arizona from Texas. Okay. It was a little bit of a culture a bit. change. Um, and I had an ex, a Texas accent. And, uh, I got here. I'd gotten into Dungeons and Dragons in Texas. Yeah. And I was wearing a D&D shirt that I had made at some like fair or something. Like, nice. like they, they used to have these like iron on uh, stands at like places where you could like, I want that iron on and then yeah. you know, you put like, your name and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I had D&D put with a dragon uh-huh. on the shirt. And I wore it to school like one of the first days I yeah. wore it to school. And this kid come up to me and goes, you play Dungeons and Dragons? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, and he and I were friends awesome. all through high school. So that was like, you know, from, from junior could have high. taken another turn, and that's why I was like, we're going to go. So it's awesome. You found your kid's spirit. Yes. So, yeah. And so I think that it was, it's, it's, you know, it's also that way to find your people. And, yeah. And, uh, and that creativity has helped me. Yeah. All along. No, so I'm excited that people we at our beginners classes, it's really the gambit. Yeah. Um, we get you know the 40 year old white dude who's coming back to D and D who hasn't played it in years, which is that was me. To um, young women who are uh, they're either frustrated at some places where they try to learn and yes. can't because of uh, men um, and those types of things. And uh-huh. so all, the range is just amazing as who's coming to learn to play D&D. Yeah. It is all over the place. It's not, you would think that it's one, you know, one little mm-hmm. group that's getting marketed to, but it really is like, yeah. it's a, a weird phenomenon to where it's like all kinds of uh, ages and oh, yeah. um, we have a mom who would bring her daughter yeah. and just sit here and read while her daughter was starting to play cool. D&D and, yeah. um, my mom actually wants to learn <laughs> she, yeah. she was just like um, I had posted something about like a beginner's D&D class she was like oh, I want to do that is that okay am I too old and I was like first of all no yeah. second of all you have so many connections through me that you can learn so please do that would be amazing yeah and I think that's you know uh that's an exciting thing to see uh, as far as role playing. Yeah. I, I think it, it does have kind of the. I remember when I played Dindy, it really was dudes in the basement. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. When I was in high school, I don't, I don't remember any girls around at all. Yeah. Um, and so the way that that has changed, and I think that it's changing the game, yeah. 
and uh, having the balance and the, the mixed gender and you know people of different colors and ethnicity and race, you know, yeah. everything just makes it for a more interesting oh, yeah. experience. So. Yeah, because when you bring in your experience and you bring in your viewpoint, it's going to change the, I mean, looking at a map when you've got the borders of the countries and things like that or whatever the areas are it's going to change the outline of what it is that you're doing. That picture of the group is going to look different in the adventure because of the people and the perspectives that they're bringing in. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. And, um, I also enjoy uh, the international part of, uh, I, I'm, I'm very lucky in the fact that I get to go to Germany mm-hmm. to play games at this it's called Spiel. It's this, it's an S in Germany. It's this big board game. It's huge. Uh-huh. It's the largest board gaming yeah. trade show thing it's like there were a thousand vendors wow <laughs> so it's really big yeah um but we all go back to the hotels and we play games in in you know the lobbies yeah and the amazing thing about it is is like because of europe and the way it is they all kind of fall back to english as yeah. their default like because they're from all different countries oh, yeah. they're from spain and Russia and you know all these different uh, and so English is kind of some up of the default language and so but you get to meet all these like international people to play games with and it's yeah. it's, it's another moment where I'm the, the community excites me yeah. um, because I do get to talk to these people from all over the world right. and you know it's, it's kind of uh, it brings us together this thing that we're doing that, that their perspectives are yeah. are you know different than uh, than mine and, and uh, so yeah it's, it's, yeah. One, it's another moment where I enjoy the diversity that gaming yeah. brings in so. definitely that's really cool um, that convention sounds really cool too speaking of the the convention in Germany um, you dabbled in bringing a mega game to Phoenix a couple years ago when Arizona Game Fair and Steel Pro were less established um, what did you learn from that would you do it again under different circumstances or what did just talk about that a little bit yeah so um, Richard was a big part of this, uh, he went to Gen Con and met a group, um, and they uh, were in California, and they do mega games. We had contacted them to come do a game here, mm-hmm. and they did it in the warehouse. Cool. Uh, in fact, they did it in, we didn't own this space at the time, but they did it in the space. Uh-huh. That wall was pushed out. I know the, the <laughs> listeners can't see it, but it, it was in this, kind of this, this big space. What did I learn from it um, was... Uh, it's one of the disappointments that I've had that I haven't been able to do more of them. Yeah. I think they are a fantastic, amazing thing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's essentially getting together a large group of people to play a game over like eight hours. Um, and they're they're becoming really more popular. Gen Con in the Lucas Oil Field, the football stadium, they have like uh-huh. a whole section of mega games that run uh-huh. all, all during Gen Con. Yeah. And they're just crazy amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, But they take some, it's almost like a theatrical thing. It's a production it needs. Yeah. It's like a, you know, it takes a lot to get put them together yeah um and unfortunately there's nobody really doing and i haven't checked in a while so there may be some now but there really isn't anybody doing that kind of thing in arizona um whereas because it takes a lot um you, you you have to have somebody dedicated to knowing how the game works yeah and to run the game so yeah. imagine being a dm for a game uh-huh. for like eight hours 
uh-huh. for like 60 or 80 people. Wow. I mean, it's kind of that type of thing. And so there are very few people who are actually up to doing that. Yeah. That so, makes me anxious just thinking about yes. that. Like my chest, I was like, ah, anxiety. So you have to know the rules. Yeah. Uh, you have to uh, organize the people. Uh, and then it's a little bit of a roller coaster because once yeah. it goes, it's going. Right, yeah. Um, and the people that we brought in um, really did a very good production. They, they had a, a huge globe that was uh, magnetic and they had the pieces on it. And, um, and so uh, they did a really good job. And unfortunately... To have them come from California to here yeah. and do all that, there's some money involved. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a cost involved of uh, coming out. And, and unfortunately, it just can't support unless you charge a lot of money. Right. It, it, it's kind of a thing to where it's, it's hard to support. So my hope was that that would be the start of getting the Arizona uh-huh. thing going. But I think yeah. some of it is, is just, and I just don't have the time. It's like somebody trying to get a mega game a group of people who are into mega games together yeah. and then have them start to build. And I think this is what's happening in other places. Mm-hmm. For example, I think it works at Gen Con because there's just a mass of people. Yeah. And then those people fly in and run the games there. Right, so, yeah. um, Shucks, which is a uh, gaming convention in Toronto. Uh-huh. It's run by... Um, I always get it wrong. Sit down and shut up or shut up and sit down. One but, of those. One of those. <laughs> uh, anyways, they... Um, they were really into mega games, and so they run a couple at their convention too. Okay. Uh-huh. I would love to do more of them. Yeah. It's just you need to have the right partners. Yeah. To do it uh, and to make it work, but they are really kind of an amazing yeah. fun thing to do. Yeah. Um, if you can coordinate them. Yeah. If you can pull it off, it sounds like it's pretty amazing. There's just so many pieces. Like, yeah. Making it. Well, happen. you need yeah. You need the games, so you need. Uh, and there are some out there that you can you can license and, uh-huh. and buy, but you need somebody who is dedicated. Yep. You need the DM. It's, yeah. it's, it's a little bit like D&D. You need the, that person to yeah. like run the game. Yeah. The one that knows yeah. the rules inside and out and yeah. can answer yeah. everybody's questions. Uh-huh. And then it's then it's just a theatrical thing. It's like, yeah. uh, the game starts you know, at X period of time and uh-huh. this is what happens and there's breaks and it's, it's kind of this thing that goes. Yeah. And, you know, without that... Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to if anybody's if anybody's listening, <laughs> I, I would love to support that thing because yeah. it, it was amazing to watch. Um, but it's I, I think it's just going to take a while before yeah. more of them come to Arizona yeah. for, for various reasons. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Okay, so basically, what we have coming up, let's just recap real quick. So in January, January Proto AZ is January tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Uh-huh. Uh, you can go on to tabletop events mm-hmm. and there's uh, basically you can buy a table for $40 so if you're a designer okay. you buy yes. a table for $40 uh-huh. you'll share that table with somebody else uh-huh. because we don't want you to do your demo the whole time we want you to actually yeah. go so you trade off and that yeah. forces you to go Look play other people's games, games. yeah uh, so that's a designer table. Uh-huh. People can get badges for free. Awesome. Uh, and it, they can even show up the day of for free. They don't uh-huh. need a badge. If they get a badge, they'll have like a badge badge. But yeah. it, it's free. Cool. If you want to come play, it's free. Awesome. So that's in January. And then Game Fair is March yep. 20th, 21st, and 22nd at the Mesa awesome. Convention Center. Uh, badges right now are $45. 
for a full batch for three days um, and 35 for a weekend. And I think it's $20 for a day, which is okay. Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Awesome. And then ArizonaGameFair.com has go look at all, all the other information. Cool. And you guys have like a Facebook and social media. Yep. So. Uh, we have Facebook. Uh, we put all of our events on Meetup and some of them on Facebook. Uh-huh. We have ArizonaGameFair.com. We'll yep. get you to most of the, the information that we'll be posting because we have a bunch of stuff coming it's just right now we're in that nobody cares because it's like <laughs> holidays it's like, yeah holidays it's like everybody's busy with yeah with that but after january is when things really oh, yeah. just pick up and yeah and then before you know it'll be over it's yeah. amazing how fast i know <laughs> it's like wait it's over yeah um, so yeah. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Well, I think we have enough information out there for them so they can get into those things. It was really great talking to oh, you. Oh, thanks for coming. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. It was awesome sitting down and hearing about you and your thoughts on games and stuff. So uh, thank you for everything you do for the Arizona gaming community. I know that everyone appreciates it. Um, so Andrew Long, Ashley Smith, see you guys later. Take care.